<laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Like a doll's eyes. I love this town! Hello, city! I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Like a doll's eyes. I love this town! And say, what's your number five, Cody? First of all, American Sniper can go fuck itself. Secondly, Halloween... We already talked about it. Woo! Movie. You don't love fucking Halloween. Yeah. We're in the we're in high the... up on my list just because of how much I fucking loved it. I loved it. Kim. My number five is the theater child in me. Because this is the movie that I wish I had gotten in high school. Cause it hits so many of my buttons. Um, musical, horror film, Christmas movie. <laughs> I know where to go now. Zombies. <laughs> And the apocalypse. I loved. I cannot tell you how hard I love this movie. And I took a teenager with me to see it. Along with me, my wife. My wife is not a teenager. It's a different person. No, no. One of my students came with me, who um, who is a horror lover, and she loved it. And it was it was really lovely because again, this was. I, I realize the nostalgia factor can be really hard in some of my choices because I love... Uh, hey, if it's, that's the folks you bought, man. Well, and, and it just, like, I brought the soundtrack. I, I'm singing the songs. It was it was such a sweet, heartfelt movie, and it was funny, and it's a horror film, and it's a musical, and it's a Christmas film, and it's a zombie movie. You've got, like... Such strong characters, such, such great interactions. Characters. There's a real heart to that with her and her dad, and so where she's going heart. in her life. And... and, and, and and you've got the 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 principal the, or the assistant yes. principal whatever is the is the the kind of Come villain. On, you little shits. And he's fantastic. <laughs> like he's scenery chewing left and right. Yes, but it's so much teeth fun. His little, his one line when he pops into Hollywood ending for that moment and, yes. all again, and he just sings that one line and then like slinks off to his corner. It's so so satisfying. And uh, I, no, I just you know I never I. When I first saw the previous Ford, I was like, oh, I'll probably like this movie. And then going to see it, I was like, this this movie just, this hits all my buttons. I've and it's heard, British. And I, I wanted to go see it, but it's another thing. Or it only played in one. Like, the Regal Meridian was down downtown for Seattle. It was the only place to play it in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest. That's right. Uh, at least in Washington. It didn't play for very long. Played it too. Yeah. It did well. But it. It was, but it was just, it was so much fun. And... If, if, I mean, again, I, I was trying to make my list not be completely horror skewed, which it's not. And I didn't mention this in the opening, but if you're new to us, we are very horror people. We, we all are Crypticon or this and that. But horror, not themed, <laughs> horror centric, but we, we, yes. Off. But uh, anyway, I interrupt you talking but about it's, that. But it's another great example of a movie. Was, was it the best movie of the year? No. Was this a movie that stuck with me? One of the most goddamn entertaining movies it just, it just so much is and and it's so lovely and so much fun and it it crosses genres so well because it's not so horror that you couldn't enjoy it if you're not a horror fan 
it's not so teen movie that you're not going yes, to enjoy exactly. it if you're not like it just it, it gets that low, as I said like I have a video review of this and this is where it's get that right level of, of it gore really, it really balances so many sweet spots crossover and 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 the music's fun. Um, the the I'm the the soldier in the yeah soldier at war. Yeah, it's soldier a great at song. war, man. And I I looked that actor up because he's like my new crush because he's adorable. Like, make sure he's not actually seventeen. No, Kim. he's in his twenties, so I'm allowed to like him. He's in his twenties. I and remember you were talking about that the last time we talked. Like, I gotta make sure it's legal for me to like him. It's, it's true though. No, he's adorable and he's so likable and so charismatic, and he is in his twenties, so I'm yeah, allowed to I, like him. I got the soundtrack to Christmas, and we uh, for Christmas, and we keep we keep listening it's, to it. It's, it's so much fun. It's fantastic. It's just fun, and it it's not a movie that I think over here got as much attention, and I think that's a crime because it was really a delightful film. So I think a lot of people were turned off by like the amount of adjectives. Like I, I yeah. bitch a lot about. Like sci-fi, straight for sci-fi movies. Um, the channel it is, yeah. uh, being like, oh look, it's a giant octopus versus a giant mm. this and that, and here's like, but it's also this, also this. Mm-hmm. When you say zombie Christmas musical, teenage comedy, uh-huh. people are like, uh, no. You lost me after zombie Christmas musical because you yeah. lost me at too yeah. many adjectives, <laughs> and that yeah. feels like you're trying too hard. But yeah. this gets all of those it levels right so many and months. balances out very, very much Remarkably. well. Remarkably. And, and there was a few, I also like there, it's not, it went in some unexpected directions because there was some stuff you saw coming, but, and I'm not going to spoil this, but there's a, a certain character who dies earlier than I thought. Yes. And whose death packed a huge emotional punch. And I really appreciated actually that they did that, that they went there with the death and didn't, I, it's really hard to talk about this when I'm not spoiling it. But anyway, I, if you've not seen it. It is just, it's charming. It is a charming movie. The music's lovely. Uh, give it a chance. Yeah, and people, like, the, all the advertisers talk about Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land, and yeah. I wasn't a big fan of La La Land, but... No, um, I hated La La Land. I thought it was piece But of it's shit. really much on the same level as Shaun of the Dead in many yeah. ways. If, you, if, but, you, but if you're not a horror watch. fan, but you watch Shaun of the Dead and you, and you got that, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I like this, this is fine, it's just that right same level yeah. Of entryway of, of accessibility. You don't have to be a genre fan to like this movie. Yes, yeah. it helps. There's definitely a lot of jokes about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and like one that, a few things. Yeah, like I, I realized like the one that earlier zombies is named Miss Hensman, named for Bill Hensman who played the first zombie in oh, *The Living Dead*. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was there, like, there's little Easter there's little, little, yeah, stuff like that. But, but it's not like over the head. It isn't like no. everyone's name. Like this guy's named Ramy. This guy's yeah. named Carpenter. It's not that you know teenager writing a horror film. Oh yeah, we'll name somebody George Romero. Yeah. John Carpenter. Yeah, it's like you're not John naming Russo characters. the third. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, and the plot loops. No, it ended up 28 on my list, but it's a really solid 28. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, well, and, and I mean, again, I, I was really embracing the. What do I want to rewatch? What are yeah. the movies that. Oh, I like, can't wait to rewatch this next year. When I'm, like, this, is, this will make it to my permanent collection, and that's saying something. Like, I will, I will purchase this for my permanent collection. So uh, <laughs> it's just charming. Go watch it. Tony, what's your number five? Uh, number five for me was Black Panther. Woo! So, uh, uh, not really, obviously, much more to say outside of what we've said already, except mm-hmm. that in addition to it being a wonderful fairy tale evocation of one of Marvel's best comic book characters, I think that it is also a wonderful work of just world building mm-hmm. and fantasy cinema overall and a showcase for some of the best actors that are working today. Mm. I love that you get Forrest <laughs> Whitaker and yeah. Angela Bassett yeah. uh, and uh, all of these other 
all like of Michael B. Characters. Jordan's great. Like I've, I've watched mm. him since Thank Parenthood. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Uh, he was amazing in Parenthood, and now he's like a huge star. And I was just waiting for that one, watching that show. I'm like, this guy's gonna be giant, mm-hmm. and now he is. But I interrupt you, sorry. So, but but yeah. And, anyway, uh, a lot of a nice way of seeing really great actors invest themselves 110 percent into modern folklore without like a tongue-in-cheek or a sense of irony. Just like a really earnest embracing of the things that makes this piece of art resonant. Mm-hmm. Shit, they got Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Fuck, yes, I know. But anyway, yeah, I just loved it. I just, it's one of, one of the most wonderful experiences <coughs> I had in a movie theater all year, easily. What about you, Bob? All right, my number five is um, Out- Annihilation. Uh, starring uh, Natalie That's Portman and Oscar Isaac, and uh, so, like besides uh, Oscar Isaac and casting nothing but females, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's like Alex Garland really wowed me with uh, Ex Machina a couple years ago, my favorite yeah. movie of 2015. Um, yes. And then he follows it up with a with an adaptation of the the novel from Jan Demir, I think is the writer's name. Um, it's but it's weird. It's weird. It's like it's not a direct adaptation. Like he said, he read the book once and then wrote the script. And it's really fitting if you guys have... have anyone else here seen Annihilation? Yeah. You said it was... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah in my, it's in my honorable yeah, mentions, yeah. Um, and I struggled to put it in my top ten. I almost it's, did, but it's, it's gorgeous. Been, it was tied number one for me for a while. Yeah, like, it's on the, the year and my through. list further up. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, and if this was exclusively horror, it would be on my list. And it's... Uh, not only great performances, but also talking about like you know, not in this case grief. In this case, it's like cancer and mm-hmm. like how you're affected and by other things too, and I guilt, think, yeah. um, and the way it reflects on you. And then reflection is a big deal of it, which which is a wonderful thing I love about it's a reflection of the novel in some way. Like for those who have seen it or those who know a little about it, so much about the shimmer, which <laughs> takes things within this little area that opened up in the southern reaches um and it bounces everything back and mixes everything up so it's almost like a shimmer version of the novel mm-hmm. where this it bounces out it comes through and mixes in with the movie mixes in with this mm-hmm. um and it's gonna it features one of the, the scariest sequence of the year maybe of the last 10 years is that bear sequence, uh, bear sequence oh is my god that is, I was yeah. that is the number one yeah. like it's my scene of the year yeah. um it's terrifying that sound the, the sound design in that scene the sound design in the movie itself is great and uh you had something to say to oh me. i i just was gonna say i often deride cgi effects as very antiseptic yeah and very <laughs> impersonal but that creepy ass skull bear mm. the is, human skull on the side and of I was going to ask you well, yeah. what's the because I I literally just saw this film like three days ago oh wow yeah because you were talking about it oh, we were talking yeah. about it the other day it was and on the list. it's further up my list <laughs> than it is for you but that sequence I was wondering what's the sequence that scared you and then it was like as I was ruminating on it after having seen the movie I'm like okay it is skull faced bear with the woman's scream with the woman's scream and 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 it's actually like beautifully not you know beautifully but ugly beautifully rendered it's like one of the most deeply unsettling movie monsters I've seen in a while. And then, like yeah. the selling the design of, of all the other scary bits, um, yeah. like the the soldier who's ripped apart in the pool, uh, and that and that that's body horror right there. And then yeah. the the video of what happened to the previous team yeah. mm-hmm. is incredibly fucked up. Um, all the stuff at the lighthouse, like it's a movie that like. When I first, when I first saw it, I wrote a review, and then I had issues with. Uh, I wrote on my first my last site, a geek named Bob, and I wrote a review that I had trouble putting it up. It was going down, so I, mo- I just simply posted uh, the photo of that, that little drawing of Wolf saying, it's going to get weird. 
I'm gonna make it weird. It's like it's it's a movie that it's like we're gonna get on a weird ass train, and if you're on board, you're on board, and you're gonna yeah. love this. If you don't like weird shit, if you like movies to be normal and as uh, expected as possible, you're gonna be like, what is that? I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it because that that ending is like pure 2001. It's weird ass science. It's like weird fantasy science fiction, yes. and it just goes fucking insane and i love the soundtrack it's dis- it's um mm. discordant mm. Um, yeah, fa- so the soundtrack is fantastic and i need yes. to pick it up because it's just beautiful and the soundtrack weird and, and the sound design which yeah very yeah. interwoven everything in this made me happy and i read the books like i i've read the first book i watched the movie then i read the second two books and it's definitely a different sort of thing but it yeah. feels the same way uh people keep throwing out lovecraft but it's really more just general we are we are weird tales i've drinking too much <laughs> um, I can't speak anymore yeah. oh, I'm alright with this uh, but yeah Annihilation it's one of the few yeah. things I, I picked up on I'm trying to keep down from buying as many discs as I used to but I bought this one yeah. well I got it for Christmas I asked for it for Christmas and I got it <laughs> so um, I was like I need to own this movie And um, I've been calling my herd so it's <laughs> yeah it's it's uh well, and again, as as uh, and I'm I'm relooking at my list, and I was like, I've got a lot of stuff that's highly female driven. Nothing wrong with um, that. That's what the, exactly. female, the future's female. One, and it's it's. I think that was where I gravitated towards certain movies too. Is that is that I'm uh, uh, heartened by some of the more female driven stuff mm. that's that's coming out. And Annihilation was one for me that um, uh, very strong performances, great characters. Uh, yeah, every character is well defined, oh, well designed, so well so, defined. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they all have their reason for being there, and it's not like direct. What what I love about that is so much of the exposition isn't really exposition. Like yeah. there's Thank several you. sequences where they could have, like where there. a different director could have said, "I'm gonna go spoilers." So if anyone's not paying attention. When Tessa Tom- at the time Thompson plays yeah. one of the glasses, it turns into a plant, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When she turns, when she just walks off off state, and then it cuts to this field of plants. There wasn't that shot of like one with gla- her glasses on. No. Which a worse a, a director who didn't trust his audience yeah. would have given us that shot. Mm-hmm. Would have right. said, "This is what happened to her." No, he just lets it be. Yeah. And there's and one of the other things again, it's higher on my list. I'll try not to. There might be some things I'll save for when it gets to my place on the list. But um, one of the things that I found really super refreshing about the movie is that it had a very. And it's sad that this is this would be considered anachronistic slash anomalous, <coughs> but it had a very '70s sensibility. Yeah. In the sense that it. It, it had characters that were female, but didn't make a big deal about the fact that they were female. Mm-hmm. All of the conflict and all of the twists that were integrated had nothing to do with their gender yes. or yes. pre-established roles. It for could have been gender. men and men just fine. Yeah. Um, and I just I, like I felt I felt like someone who was at my intelligence level was creating a piece of pulp cinema with that elevated sense of intent yeah and for me i that was like worth its weight in gold and again i i'm gonna shut up from here on Mm -hmm. in because i have other things to expound upon when i hit that place in line all right uh number four cody bumblebee (laughs) nice nice. i like it i loved it you know dude um you know i don't have a ton of stuff to say about it mostly because carolyn's messaged me about what she wants me to pick me up but um I liked it. It was a great movie. I thought it was really top five in my year. Obviously, I put it at number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, yeah. It was just fun. 
and I expected to fucking hate it because I don't like Transformers movies. Yeah, like, yeah, I, mean, but, but, I haven't seen past number one. Honestly. It was, it and was, you don't need to. Like, this is so nice. this takes all Dude, everything. That's like an hour and fifty-two more minutes of the first one than I saw. So. See, I like the first one. The first one's done that's okay. Fine. It's yeah. got a lot of issues, but this takes the first one, to cuts it down to what's needed. Gives it a lot yeah. of heart with Lady uh, Lady Seinfeld, <laughs> Lady Gaga, oh, Lady Haley Sein- Seinfeld Haley gives an anchoring performance and with, without her. Is in that it, who that is? Yeah, my God, she is I didn't so good. Her. Of course not. It's been like how many years since True Grit? Or what? Well, well she's I, done I mean, like uh, Pitch, Pitch Perfect, Perfect and, and, yeah, but it's because the hair Romeo and Juliet. Sure. And, it, didn't, it didn't click with me. That was her. And she is all like acting against she's the robot. She's a great actress. She really, and she really brings a lot to this and. Uh, she, uh, talking about actors who elevate a film, she's one who would elevate a movie. And uh, yeah, Cody and I did a video review since so we watched it. And I wrote yeah, a written review. So check that this out. Two, rev- two views, and they're probably both me. Yeah, one's, ah. me, one's me. So. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so we watched it. We watched our own, our own videos. Uh, but no, the action is really dumb. Like everything that was wrong with the last series, because I, I think this is more of a reboot based on things that happened in it. Though they do. Um, Continuity is never a strong suit for the series. But Real like, quick, since we're yeah, yeah. it's not about Mumblebee. I, th- I think we've got enough here. Do you want to do the worst as a separate? <laughs> no, well, we'll still do it, but might be a, yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, yeah, the sequences were done. Uh, well, was cool fighting scenes were fun. Yeah, with with robots of three primary colors, so we know who's fighting who and why. Yes, it was uh, unlike like the gray the gray, gray mesh that was oh. the la- that was the first series. Um, it's it's okay. So it is ET with the girl and a robot. Yeah, like plot point by plot point. Okay. Uh, which to follow up on childhood favorites from a while back, I did watch ET. You had me. At, you had me a girl because again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I I, I like it as a boy and his dog tale with a girl and a robot, but other people said no, it's a horse movie. I was like, sure. okay, I get behind that. You know, a girl on a horse. Yeah, that that type of end of things. All right. Well, if you're going to rip off, rip off from the best. Yeah, that's true. E.T. would Uh, pretty much be the Beatles of, like, sentimental kid movies. That's true. Every rock band worth a hang is going to rip off the Beatles. Every family connecting drama worth a shit is going to riff off of E.T. In my humble estimation. Yeah, Bumblebee was great. That's pretty much... You know, I, I don't have a ton to say about it. It was just fun. I felt nice about watching it. You know, it, yeah, I didn't yeah, feel like, ugh, fuck. No, it was nice. <laughs> I really can't find anything truly wrong with it. Though yeah. I can't personally elevate it to I the don't top like the tier. Prime voice. That's going to give me some shit. But that's been the same voice for 40 years. Is it Bradley Cooper's? I'm Batman voice. <laughs> no, it's still Peter Collins. It's still awesome. Wells. Should now, be. As Unicron. Uh, number four, Kim. Mandy. Nice. Uh, Fuck yes. I and you know it's funny because I'm a later in life convert to Nicolas Cage's acting style. I I read a really interesting article that was talking about uh, this was a while ago uh, talking about him as an actor and how he is the first actor in a long time to bring something genuinely unique to the field of acting, and that changed my way of thinking about him because it's true. He is he. There is a movement towards a very naturalistic style of acting. And that's not Nicholas Cage's style. He is very against the stream. I and think. I and I and I'm and I'm learning how much I actually love that. And this movie is Dude, me too. It's it's like Con Air meets Hellraiser <coughs> meets Twin Peaks. Like it's it's it hits. I own it and I still haven't fucking seen it yet. Dude, you need to watch it. Like, I bought it. Like, <laughs> as soon as the screening got out, I went I home and I pre-ordered it from Amazon. Yeah. I will only say this is 
much higher on my list. <laughs> and I, I I'm just up saying it's my number four. So we were we were on board on that. Yeah, uh, it's 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 beautiful too. I mean, it's the oh, yes. the Colors, color palettes, yes, and and the acting and the dialogue and the dreamlike acid trip quality. <laughs> yes, I love it when the dudes doing the acid and everything just and changing and then yes. Andrea Riseborough is, is oh, her. I, we, she's I mean, revelatory she, in that movie. Yes. She really is. And I, I, I want to make sure she gets credit. Because I feel like because this is a Nick Cage movie and it's so much about his revenge trip that he gets all the attention. She uh, the first 70 minutes is her. The it, no, it is, it is yeah. her. She's the title character. She is And she makes this minutes. movie absolutely stunning. And, and she has such a grace on screen. Uh... But the, I mean, the, you know, the moment, um, I, there, uh, see, I, I get, even like thinking about it, there's, there's, there's so much happening and it's, yeah. it's just a, it's, it's an acid trip, but it's an acid trip I want to take. Yeah. Especially in the, the back half from Cheddar Goblin yeah. on. You know? And crazy evil will never stop like bringing, I, I watched this with my, my brother and I have a special tradition that we only the past few years have kind of started where we pick a horror film during my 100 Days of Horror that we'll watch together. And in the past, we did Baskin one year. Mm. Ooh. Uh, yeah, we tend to pick kind of the, a little bit more we of the... Fucked up ones. Yeah. And and we agreed on this one, so we were watching it together. He's in Portland, I'm here, and we were, we're you know, uh, texting each other the whole time. And this is one that we both just really bonded over. And it it's the... But the crazy evil, which is this crazy evil it's it's it hits so many and it's just it's gorgeous if you are a person who likes a beautiful visual there's so much happening in this movie and and uh it's a mixture it's a it's a weird dream it's such a weird dream, but it's it's you want it you want to have it you want to yeah. take it. I think a lot of people are going like I've seen a lot of backlash after the original like this like rush of gush uh, about it. Um, it's like I seen a lot like it says, it says my number four too. So yeah. I am absolutely I think people watch I th- the post I see people posting about it now saying I'm finally getting around to this and I didn't see what what the deal is like. Yeah. No, coming in straight, not knowing what's happening is is fucking insane. Like, yeah. People yes. are coming in expecting. Nicholas Cage to go bug nuts insane from the beginning, and it's really yeah. later on it's after Cheddar Goblin. It's the revenge portion, and, of it. yeah. and that's and really feels, elevates. But does that wouldn't matter if it wasn't for the first seventy minutes yeah. really yeah. setting this? Yeah. Well, and that and that to me is the difference too. It's not just another revenge film. It's not a film that because again, the woman in me sometimes resents the like, oh no, my woman got raped. Let me go do a bunch of revenge. Yeah, I was waiting for that cliche to kick in as yeah. well. But the way they that the way the way they approach it in the film is they make it much more mythic by making without too much of a spoiler alert by making the method of which the female expires to be a much more universal and less like pointedly sexual you know thing that it adds a very unique cast to and also there's just something about Andrea Riesborough's on or Riceboro, whatever, whatever it is, um, yeah. about her kind of un, uh, unconventional, unaffected, beauty and very unconventional, and beauty. without, and just, and just effortless. Yeah, and 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 so much, and I'm I'm a huge fan of okay. Panos Cosmatos yeah. 
uh, his first film. Yeah, Beyond the Black, yeah. Beyond I the like Black a Rainbow. lot of it, but it doesn't quite but, catch. But exactly. I love it. But I will I will readily contest and and, it, and cotton to the fact that it is a very style over substance film. He mm-hmm. is finding his visual aesthetic brilliantly, but as far as storytelling, he, you know, it's it's the first film. And then yeah. Mandy fills that in. Mandy fills that in, yeah. and then some. And I and the thing that I love about it is it, it's all these elements that just should not work. It shouldn't be this operatic and silly and yeah. yet emotionally affecting. It shouldn't be a, a, a film that has like very low tech tricks where in some shots they're basically just changing the exposure and solarization on shots to affect emotions. It's they do that, but there's so much other stuff that is done visually in this film that is like textual and subtextual. I well, I'm not gonna go on much longer because again this is higher on my list and I and save there's, the pith for later. There's so much, so many scenes that, like, out of context, are like, "What the fuck?" But oh, work yeah. in context, like, thank you. Nicholas Cage yes. drinking a bottle, a bottle of vodka in his bathroom in his underwear, which, like, if you watch that on something, like, what was that? <laughs> you know, but that, but that, but that scene is actually one of his. I think is one of his best scenes of his career. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the yeah, little bit really he has with Richard Brake in that one scene, oh. uh, Richard Brake and the ta- and the tiger for that one a- weird ass scene. And of course, where everything goes from there. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that you know it's dreamlike because like yeah. this scene would not match anywhere else, but it matches in this movie for where yeah. it goes. And that last shot, <laughs> it's yeah. just oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's it is it's beautiful. It is just beautiful. Um, yeah. But That's... it's but it's weird. It's not if you are looking if you're looking for conventional storytelling, if you're looking for a conventional movie, this will not be your no. film at all. Period. Full stop. This is again, this is not a movie I would recommend to just anyone. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for something, again, I, I think some of the finest acting of Nicolas Cage's career is in this film. I would agree. Um and there is an amazing amount of subtlety yes. to what he is doing yes. in a lot of this, which is like, okay, subtlety and Nicolas Cage, <laughs> like Don't the ultimate oxy-fucking-morons. <laughs> Between Leaving really, Las Vegas there's and something this, about, it. <laughs> there, there is something about a combination of his work in the film and how the director, Panos Cosmatos, integrates it into the film that is like really, you really appreciate what he is doing. And again... The subtlety of what he's doing, well, but yet it's also grounds him too. I feel yeah. like the yes, scenes of them together, she really grounds him, and it's another example to me of, of another actor uh, helping to elevate someone's performance because she sets a tone and he matches it. He gets yeah. and and rather than doing his Nick Cage thing, and there's some of their I love their little. You don't get to see a lot of them, but in the beginning of the film, you see some of them together. Oh, I know. Yeah, Who's there? They're just, they're they're, they're they're planet. <laughs> uh, I there is like there's and, and I just uh, see. I, I was like, I'm not going to talk too much because I it's like uh, further on my list. <laughs> but I, I it's get on hard it not yeah. to get roped into it because this movie is so richly textual. Oh, yeah. yeah, and there are so many. It it plays at a super simplistic level, but there is. There's a combination of how much craftsmanship goes into it visually, yeah. how much nuance the actors give it in yeah. unexpected ways, and kind of the universality of the central storyline. Yeah, All of those things integrate to make the movie really absorbing on kind of a pure entertainment level. Yeah. 
and yet it feels like it's pushing a lot of those boundaries. It, it, I just, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah it's it's, it's right really, now. it's a stunning film. Yeah. And so, Tony, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is... Mid-drink. Um, we're not counting <laughs> drinks. Do you, do you need more? No, you're, you're like mid-drink as you started. I, as I, I said, what's need it? to drink some more. Um, I feel a little bit too cohesive. Um, but my number four is actually... Um, I never thought I would say this, but it is a zombie movie <gasps> that puts some wrinkles into the formula and oh. really made me happy to be a fan of genre cinema. And the movie is called The Night Eats the World. Oh, I still nice. haven't seen that. This is on uh, my it prime is, list right uh, now. It is written and directed by Dominique Rocher, mm-hmm. I believe, is the <coughs> name of the actress. Or the, the director, excuse me. Um, and it basically... It feels almost like a companion piece to... Oh, beautiful, thank you. Uh, it feels almost like a companion piece to uh, 28 Days Later in the sense that a regular character who is wonderfully rendered on a kind of character development level uh, wakes up one morning and all of, in this case, Paris, France is overtaken by pupilless, flesh-eating zombies. Um, Again, same old, same old. But what really distinguishes this is that uh, Roche's script is super strong, and she creates a legitimate character out of this guy Sam, uh, who you be, who you come to know, you come to like, and you come to find yourself readily following along with his kind of like emotional and psychological journey. Uh, it, it's just a really, really well made character study and a study in isolation that also scratches a lot of your horror movie itches. I just there's no reinvention of the wheel here, but I think the night eats the world is one of the best just kind of it's easily one of the best zombie movies of the last ten years. Um, as far as horror films goes go, excuse me, it feels like it's one of the best kind of character studies in isolation. I've seen in a genre film in a long time. I just, yeah. I really loved it. Everyone needs. To it's see definitely it. been on my uh, to see list. It's yeah, actually streaming on Prime now. Uh, I oh, saw that. It? I saw it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now we went to watch First Reformed, which is okay. a good movie, but not on my list. Uh, but I did. But um, I did see it. I got like yeah. I went. Woo! <laughs> I need yeah. to see this now. Now it's like no, we're watching First Reformed. I'm like I want to watch this now. It's, I, I really. I mean, I'm in a room where I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but I know you guys would like it. I think horror fans in general okay. will appreciate it, and even if you think every single permutation of the zombie film has been completely played out it still works it does something with the formula and that's uh, actually kind of a very inspiring thing right. we're, be, we're before honorable mentions but I'm going to mention since we're talking about mm-hmm. new versions of zombie movies there's a, a film that's currently streaming on Netflix um, a Kibokoi uh, whatever um, a zombie movie called Ravenous it's very quiet. Mm-hmm. It's very brooding. Um, it's definitely a different take on the zombie apocalypse. More of like uh, people surviving out in the middle of nowhere. In in this case, so there's some zombies, and they're acting in a weird sort of like this drone-like sense. And it, it's it's oh, a quiet build. It's very of that good. Movie yeah. uh, like Autumn from a few years ago. I didn't see Autumn, but where they're the, they're not quite zombies, and they're yeah. just like 
like corpses and then they start yeah. to like learn. Yeah, and that's kind of what uh, Ravenous does. And though uh, Sears title with a 1999 fantastic film that no one else has seen, <laughs> but yeah, from Andrew Bird. Bird. Yeah. Oh, oh I love that Ravenous. That makes great movie. Yeah. Um, so check out both versions of Ravenous. Um, so so to... my four was Mandy. So we're gonna skip right past uh, number three. <gasps> that's yeah. my number three. Fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Great movie. I love it. It made me go binge all the Miles Morales comics. It was fun. There was a good amount of villains. I liked the different Spider-Men there. I don't really have a ton to say about it. Except it was fucking great. Yeah, I have nothing negative to say about that movie. It was was nothing but smiles and a few cries because the emotional beats. It has. Uh, It packs a little bit of emotional. Peter and May. Spoiler alert. And how they kill the original... Spider-Man. It happens yeah. the first 15 minutes, which, which is, can be a spoiler. But, but can I say I love because they talk about him making a Christmas album and, then, and yeah. they release they put it, out. it. With Chris Pine doing it. <laughs> with Chris Pine doing the Chris song. Pine and Spider-Man's great. Jake Johnson He's is great. He's one of the Spider-Mans because uh, there's like 20 of them. Um, so many people I see at work are like, it's animated? I'm not watching it's it. It's like, so no, no, this good. is the best Spider-Man movie there is. Straight up. I interrupted you to say that. I'm sorry. Well, go again. What I, what I think, too, is, I mean, again, I... Uh, subscribe a lot to what I call the Muppet Principle, which is something that appeals to young people as well as to older people. And it, it has the Muppet Principle. It is something that you could take a kid to, and they're going to get something out of it, and you're going to get something out of it. And that is so hard to come by, where yeah. you're both... And, and not the same things, because you're, eh, kids and adults look at movies in different ways. But it is so enjoyable... Uh, it has an emotional punch to it. It has and there's some good humor in it. Oh, hilarious really humor and so many it. different types of humor too. So like so many different types of humor, animation. When they yeah, got when they got Spider-Man doing the Spider-Man three dance. Oh, it's yeah. so much fun. <laughs> we don't talk about that. And one and so many again. If, if you're guns? if really? you're a comic lover, there's so many little Easter eggs in it and so much stuff. The voice acting is spectacular. Uh, I love that they changed the animation styles for some of the different the different and spi- the way they layer together spider- works together. Yeah. Like there's a sequence at the end where like you see a scorpion looking photorealistic fighting Spider Ham looking like a Looney Tunes. Yes, but, and the fighting with with and the Spy noir, Slasher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Nicholas Cage. Why is Spider Man Noir? Cage again. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Wherever can I go, the wind follows. Can, can we? The just wind talk for smells a like rain. Can we? Can we talk for a moment about the end scene? Oh, you mean the end credit one? The end credit scene. With, with fucking Spider-Man 2099. Where, where, oh, yeah. where it was acknowledging the meme, and I just lost it. Obviously, Spider-Man's winning first. Uh, but, <laughs> and Bob and I went and saw it. I mean, you saw it before. I just saw, yeah, I saw the kind of preview-ish screening yeah. at the public preview screening. But then we went and saw it in 4DX, and I will say, I saw The Nun in 4DX, and that left a very bad taste in my mouth for 4DX, because I just giggled the whole time. And I even warned Bob going into this, I was like, the last time I saw a 4DX movie, I laughed my way through it this is the first time i can say i thought the 40x actually enhanced the viewing experience oh wow yeah and when i genuinely enhanced it when i saw it in 2d the week before i felt like i was watching a 3d or 40x movie because yeah. it's, it's so kinetic yes. uh they really use the 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 animation of the visuals so well that everything is moving, everything is sliding in and out of frame. It feels like comic book you're watching. They take a lot to that. And they did that by animating, by computer animating it and then taking, drawing over it. Um, so there's an extra layer of hand-drawn animation over the computer animation. Yeah. It might be hard to see sometimes, but it might not be other. Um, and they use the visual styling more like the, the lines, the way everything moves. Like 
the onomatopoeias of the the knock on the wall. Um, yeah. A bagel. <laughs> well, even, even just, I mean, the 3D, and I'm not a 3D fan. I do not like seeing movies in 3D. And this is a rare time where, again, it, it really enhanced the experience. I was really, really impressed by it. My computer's making noises. Your my phone's computer's plugged in. talking to you. Yeah, well, it doesn't like my phone being plugged into it. Uh, do, you, do you need to plug it into Oh, no, I, I, have, I have my plug, but it's my list. <laughs> um, I, I, I just thought it was, it, it just hit everything. It was so well done. And universally... It, 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 it's going to appeal to a very wide audience range. And I think that's important. I think right now, more than ever, we have all these factions in movie viewing. You have your geek culture. You have kids' movies. You have your art house movies. When you Factions can ha- in any aspect of entertainment. Yes. Film, music, TV. Uh, there's a lot of gatekeepers. There's a lot of gatekeepers. And I, I think anytime you have a movie that can cross some of those barriers, cross some of those factions, that's an important thing. And I think this movie does. So there. And, and like and it takes in like like um like Lego Batman did last yeah. year. It takes a very meta look at the at fifty years of Spider Man. Yeah. And makes all the best and sometimes worst, but making a joke about the worst. Very uh, things. It's of very it too. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a meta look on, on the character mm-hmm. and on everything flows. And um, I know it wasn't this your picking, we we're all talking over you. <laughs> no, no, it's all <laughs> Uh, I said my piece on it. It all just yeah. uh, it, it's yes. I love everything about Lily. Oh, I love hearing love, love hearing Lily Tomlin as Aunt May. Oh, she does. Guys, take it job. outside. Oh, look. Well, that first that <laughs> moment with her and and Peter first. Yeah. See, oh, like when I, it was so sweet, and uh, I liked that our the Peter Parker that we spend our most time with outside of Miles. Yeah, Peter B. Parker. Peter come, B. Yeah. Parker, yes. And then he has a dad bod. I love that. I love that. You know, because we never... sweatpants? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Like, we never see... Because we never see adult Spider-Man in, no. in the movies anymore. It's always like teenage, teenage. maybe college Spider-Man. Right. Uh, by the end of to- uh, Tommy McGuire's run. But he, uh, he hits his 30s and he's not eating great. He's eating pizza every no, night. No, he lost... And, yeah, everything falls apart, which is great. He you know, can still be Spider-Man, but he's got a little bit of an ad bod and that's cool. Uh, yeah, no, it, yeah, it's, it's a just, perfect film. It it's, really is. And again, I, I really appreciate anything that can uh, appeal to a very wide spectrum of viewers. So there you have it. Yeah. So that was also my number three, Fair as right, you yeah. can tell by my gushing about it. I fucking loved it. Tony. What's your number three? What's yes. your number three? My number three is kind of a left field pick. Okay. Um, as we too are expect from you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, That's why you're here to make things weird. <laughs> uh, this is, although actually, it can get weirder. Ironically, enough, I think this is one of the most accessible movies that I could pick out as a choice for the year. It's a little indie dramedy called Hearts Beat Loud. Oh, I need to see this. I, I want to see this so bad. It's so good. Now I'll, I've come to the verge I'll, of watching it so many times. I'll betray my abject ignorance and say I have. Never seen Nick Offerman in anything before. Oh, you need, he's so amazing. Oh, he's I know. He gives Rack, everything yeah. in every role. So I went Deadwood. into this movie, ironically, <laughs> not knowing what his appeal was mm. and being completely and utterly captivated. It is not, again, not a reinvention of the wheel, but it is a really sharply defined, well wrought kind of father-daughter dynamic mm. that's dealt with mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and this strange, awkward situation that happens when the daughter turns out to be a very gifted singer and songwriter and she's in a band with her dad. 
But that is like far from the only aspect of the movie that works. Right. Um, Offerman and uh, the actress's name is Kiersey Clemens, plays his daughter Sam. Their interactions feel wonderfully ragged and honest. Uh, Tony Collette, hello, MVP every year, pretty much. Yeah, she just she just should get a yeah. lifetime of you just rock. Thank you, exactly, <laughs> and, and and she gets she gets this wonderful opportunity to be a sort of but not quite romantic possible interest um, with Offerman's character, Blythe Danner, who mm. I love, I is love one of Danner. like the great kind of theater and film actresses. I think elegance personified. Yeah, she plays. His mom, mm. and she's adorable. And it, it, it's just one of those movies that, uh, on a very great level, you could see it as a formula crowd pleaser in the sense of any sort of like Frank Capra movie right. from the forties or fifties. It's it's literally got that kind of comfort food quality to it. There, but there's just enough kind of flavor to it, and the yeah. character dynamics feel so, so genuine that it just really works. It's, it's just a lot of fun. I think we can so, I, yeah, Hearts Beat Loud is the name of the film. I highly, highly recommend it. So, yeah, I've still been seen. Seen that by too. Yeah, where are things going from here? So, and then my number three also is a dramedy as well uh so moving away from horror uh, <laughs> which i think is uh, so i mentioned like is i think is the best written movie of the year uh with such a um great performance from an upcoming actress and uh that's both incredibly like mundane but identifiable in every way um is eighth grade uh, uh, from, my written, written and directed by Bobo Burnham, who somehow gets yes. right as a 27-year-old somehow gets right in the mind of an eighth-grade yeah. girl, which is wow. weird. Uh, but yeah. he, like, this, I, I know Kim and I have seen it. Have Tony or Cody, have you guys seen eighth grade? No, it's it's, it's so Whoa. solid. Yeah. It's uh, as as a weird person myself, yeah, yeah. especially in eighth grade. <laughs> well, yeah. it, it, the the awkwardness that it is captures it perfect, and all his ums and ahs are written into the script in that way, and and um. El, uh, Elsie Fisher. Oh, she She is needs just to be a, amazing. A, a, she needs nomination. She needs everything. I, it's so natural too. Yeah, I I covered uh, the Seattle International Film Festival <laughs> local scene stuff for City Arts, and the entire time the 2018 festival was going on, that film was an enormous yeah. buzz film. Yeah, I People saw it like there, and I sat in the front really row. It was right there. It's well, again. It made my honorable mentions, and I, I, what really did it for me? The scene between her and her father. Uh, at they the have fire. such a great dynamic. And what and that? I mean, that mo- like that. Mo- well, the the again, we talked about this before we started recording. The truth or dare scene going into that just. Damn it, you spoiled my number one. <laughs> <laughs> Different truth or dare. <laughs> Different truth or dare, Cody. Uh, it, yeah, it's, uh, but she really... well, and, and not just capturing the awkwardness, the every uncomfortable moment of being a teenager at that age, but in this time, mm. what it is... Because so, I'm, so, I'm not even you, Cody. Uh know what it is to be a teenager right now and mm. and the way social media is I mean I'm the closest one by you far you are the closest one but I also <laughs> hang out with more teenagers than you do so there you go that's a weird thing to say she's a teacher <laughs> I, I teach theater to teens and kids not in a weird way sure. come on now 
but uh, so I see elements of it in what they talk about. The way they talk about Snapchat, the way they do the Instagram stories. Uh, it's weird because a bunch of them follow my Instagram account. And I'm like, I post about booze a lot. <laughs> um, I do. I mean, because... It, and, and I have mad respect for that. <laughs> but uh, it's something that where it, it hits all the notes of being that awkward teenager. It also is so relevant to... Which is also where I think it because it's rated R, I believe. Yes. And but it should have been PG-13 so kids can watch it even though it has lots of... Yeah, lots of language, lots of this, but, but I can't it should figure be. out why it's rated R. The the language stuff is not to me not that bad. Yeah, it's not bad. They talked about blowjobs and sex, but that's that's what. But lots of people don't realize that's what kids. That's how but kids that's, talk. That's I how mean, people are. So they were when I was my age. Do you know how <laughs> often? Like, and I give zero fucks because I swear more than they do, but not around them. But um. But they swear when you're around, but, probably. You know? Oh my god, yes. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, <laughs> When I, when I was shooting the horror film with my group of teens over the summer, it was a really more relaxed environment. We could swear in the film. And so, in general, it was all teenagers. It was just, you know, it was me and my DP who were both our, the instructors and then a group of teenagers. And yeah, language got fast and loose in general. And I let a lot of shit slide. Because I'm like, you can swear on camera. You're all, everyone here is a teenager. I care more when there's eight-year-olds in my cast. But anyway, that's, I'm going off on a tangent. But, uh. No. I, I think it's a shame it was rated R because I feel like the, People who need to see this are the yeah. kids who yeah. are the thing her is, age. My wife, I've it, heard good, like I said, my wife is an eighth grade teacher. Oh, that's so, right. So, so she said that so many kids did see it over the summer good. and have seen it good, since good, good. then. They and should. it's in a, yeah, absolutely, because it taught the, the truth that air scene is an incredibly oh, important sequence uh, for because that's something that girls will go through and it's how they yeah. approach well, it and, that, and how to talk about girls it. Girls too. Bo- yeah, boys will go through that too, but especially like because you talk about the you know, Me Too moment and, mm-hmm. um, and everything, and that's when what actually happens in the scene. Um, well, like, I, it's nothing as bad as you're thinking, but what, it's still. Well, because what's really interesting, I was I was reading an interview with the director at one point talking about the casting for that and talking about the casting for for the lead girl as well. But they said that you know they when they were going to cast that scene or that character in involved in the truth of your scene that so many of the actors coming in played it creepy, <laughs> and it's they said that the one of the reasons they cast the actor they did is he didn't play it creepy. Yeah, because it's it's weird to say he's not trying to be creepy. Yeah, there's definitely it, it's, it's it's true to life in that way. It's it works. so true to life it, where it's it's uh yeah. But I, outside those two sequences, like the entire film is it revels with truth, the it, the entirety of the time, I mean, and it's not like she's like she's not movie awkward. She's real life awkward. Nothing in it. Uh, there is never that. It's gratuitous. Nothing yeah. in it should not be seen by someone who is that age. And without being too spoilery, she starts the movie. She definitely grows, oh, but there's yeah. never that take the hair down, take off the glasses oh, moment. Where it's like it takes place over the course of like a week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's her last week of eighth grade and before she goes to high school. And her high school might be the same as her eighth grade, yeah. and that's what's what what's great there so is like. But as an awkward kid, I had mad respect for her because I was a, a crazy awkward at that age. I mean, we all are. But, like, I identified a lot with her. Yeah, and it's not just, like, those particular scenes. You're talking about right. the, the pivotal scenes. It's also, made, like, the pool scene, uh, the, oh. the conversation with her dad, like, the banana scene with her dad. It's hysterical. Scene. <laughs> yeah. I also, like, quote the whole things. I eat bananas. She does it. But every time I'm doing that, we just, we have that. We, we quote them. <laughs> well, back and forth. and one other thing. There was a really small detail. She tells off a classmate of hers closer to the end of the film. And, again, I don't want to spoil things. But what really struck me in that scene is never, she does not, she's not looking at them yeah. the whole time. She's looking away from them and she kind of does the brief, like the f- eyes flit up, but they go back. And that is so 
accurate. Yes. Because especially at that age, when they are, God bless her, she confronted them. She could not look at them while she did it, but she did it. And that tiny detail was so dead on. I, I had a lot of respect for that. Cody, number two. Avengers. Oh. Nice, nice. I can't not talk about how much I love that. They did such, well, it was a snap. This took such great. <laughs> the snap at the end. The fact that they actually had the balls to have Thanos win. Spoilers. If you, like, if you Who hasn't seen I mean, Infinity well, War? For fuck's sake. Too. I mean, yeah. if you knew the comics all going oh, in, yeah. you knew he was going to win for a while. He's not going to ultimately win because the franchise no. is too And strong. that's one like, part of my issue with the whole film is like, you know, it's, it's half of a movie. It is half. We know everything. I but definitely was, felt something when, when everything happened, but I know it's I cried when my... Yeah. I cried. Stark, I don't, I don't feel well, yeah, so I good. I should have gotten you a little vial of like... Ashes I saw people doing Spider-Man. that. I would have punched you in the face. <laughs> I'm gonna do that now. I will punch you in the face. <laughs> That's it. Rip Spider Man. Uh, I love. Except it. he has his movie coming out in July. So <laughs> yeah, so absolutely fine. Unripping. Take take Deadpool instead. Um, I will take Deadpool. I will take Spider Man. I will take them all. In ashes, but yes, okay. Fuck anyway. you. Yes. Yeah, great movie. I mean. They had the balls to actually do it and have Thanos no, win. And Thanos is I a compelling it. villain oh as hell. Like, they took a guy who's been sitting in a chair being like, who the fuck is he to actually have a reason? It's like, oh, yeah, have yeah, a yeah. backstory? Well, you kind of, have, you kind of think too. Thanos might be right in like, some ways? You don't ways. want Spider-Man to go because he's adorable, like, but you're like... Your method is wrong, but your but idea I, is I right. Get, it's like Magneto, you know? Like yeah. Magneto might have some good ideas. So Magneto's hotter. Let's face it, Magneto's hotter. Wait, Ian, Ian McKellen, McKellen or Mike yes. yes. Fassbender? Either way, hotter. If I played on Ian McKellen's team... Hotter. See, the part of my issue with, with besides being, you know, it's half a movie, is that there isn't a lot of plotting really. It's where action sequence to action sequence to action sequence to action well, sequence. Well, and so many characters. And so many. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah they, but each character did way, have their moment, which is did, great. Which they did great about Civil War as well. Some of the. Thing, uh, sorry, not to cut you off, but mm. Thor. Oh, yeah. his, his arrival in Wakanda. Yeah. Yes, that's that, just a. Where he made Thanos and he's, boom, just wreck shit. Just a fiend for that. <laughs> You know, because I loved the movie. Um, I cry. I cried because I cry at movies. I'm a big crier at movies. And that movie, especially again, I love Spider-Man. I love Spider-Man. And uh, I cried like a tiny baby. But um, <laughs> I love, and and I think this is my, this was my promise that I love the Marvel movies. I love the Marvel characters. And because they were you know, it's both satisfying because finally you're seeing a scene between Peter Parker and Doctor Strange and you're seeing a scene between, you know, uh, uh, Star-Lord and Tony Stark and you're seeing all these great, like, boom, worlds colliding. Man, check this action shot of Spider-Man out. <laughs> Fuck you, Tony. He shows Fuck a picture you. of us. As you can probably guess. I wish you were in on. You can go fuck yourself. He's getting a movie in July. He's it's gonna fine. It's going to be weird as an ash pile throughout the whole movie. <laughs> Well, Jake Joan Hall playing Mysterio is going to be awesome. But anyway, continue. Anyway, and, and Fury's in on it, so we know he de-dusts as yeah. well. Um, but uh, I felt like there was a lot of, I mean, and you had some characters that didn't even show up, which, honest to God, they, but thank Ant-Man, God he yeah. didn't show up. There was, thank you. Because there was already too much going on, and there was care like, I love, I have a hard-on for the Winter Soldier. I love him as a character, and he had, like, three lines. He showed up. He like shook hands with Steve. He's like, "Let's go do some shit." Oh no, I'm dust. And <laughs> uh, it, and Sam too. Sam's a great character who always gets. 
underused in any other movie he's in. Poor Cap's than- boyfriends. <laughs> Poor Cap's boyfriends are never as pretty as Cap. I'm uh, <laughs> hopeful that they're going to follow through with what this movie's supposed to be, and they're going to do some permanent deaths of some of the I, Well, they're, they're going to have to, because it, they're, some they're of those actors capture... I, I don't necessarily think... I'm curious. I, I'm not. I'll, this is a whole other episode. Yeah, we'll, to talk about we'll the probably Marvel talk about Marvel later on before we'll, we'll game. We'll put that in. But um, I will say again. Great movie. Great movie, but How did I you? wish I wish they'd maybe Hawkeye a few more characters. <laughs> Only because I felt like they were underserved and some stuff became bloated. I feel like they probably. I, I like they include Ant Man. I oh, yeah, like, yes. I feel like he probably could have really cut out nebulous scenes and she would have been a good next movie character to maybe find... Other than you needed some... Yeah, I'd say you needed some things that happened with her or you needed to find something else. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a lot of... It was a lot of stuff. And I think a little bit of it is that we all have our favorite characters yes. in the series. Me, yeah. Captain Spidey. But. Yeah. And so if you're, if yours are not being served, you're going to feel it more. And even the yeah. ones then that are being served, like, again, uh, Spider-Man did very well. And yet I still wanted more because I love his character. Well, I think because it always, like, beats based on stuff you know before. Unlike yeah. the other Marvel movies where you can just jump in. Yes. It's when you did probably need to have the background and get... Because you don't have a lot of full emotion for yeah. any of them, really. If you it's more of getting to point A to point B to Black fight Panther, for you. Engage all defenses, which is apparently just a shield around Wakanda that's yeah. easily bypassed. Uh, engage all defenses. <laughs> so but what's, uh, I, it, was, it was enjoyable, but I... I yes. What's your number oh, my, two? What is my number two? Oh, right. Uh, the tail. Oh, nice. That's all my honorable mention, so. Um, I, ooh, <coughs> and again, this is another, I feel like a little bit of a vagina haver, but uh, no, it's, is, a, it's a fantastic fucking film. Became, um, I loved, and, and I know some people had a problem with the way this movie was structured, and yet I loved, I loved everything about it. I loved that as a primarily documentary filmmaker, um, Jennifer Fox used that to her advantage and had times where her characters were talking as though they were in an interview. Um, I loved that she used, you know, transcripts of conversations she had with her mother and really made those real. Uh, The acting was Stunning across oh, I the I love board. you, Laura Dern. I love you so much. I, oh. and again, like, I finished this movie and I cried. I cried for a, a long time. And the final scene mm. just was so powerful. Absolutely. Um, but maybe one of the most powerful moments that happened is fairly early on. And it's that, for those of you that don't know this film, it was HBO, I think. It's HBO it is where, where you can watch it from, too. Uh, it, it deals with Jennifer Fox, who is a documentary filmmaker, and it is a largely autobiographical, with obviously some things being changed for, you know, reasons. Um, it deals with her mother finding a paper she wrote when she was 13 years old, talking about an affair she had with her, um, her running coach. And initially her mom being like, what the fuck is this? And her being like, oh, it's cool, it's fine, it's fine. And you're seeing this story being recreated, and you're seeing this kind of lovely, young, young woman, but you're seeing this kind of Lolita, this lovely young woman who, and initially these interactions with her her running coach as well as her riding coach, who kind of grooms her for this, 
thinking, okay, well, this is a little messed up, but, like, she's a teenager, whatever. And then at one point, her seeing a picture and her mom saying, oh, no, 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 that's you a few years later. This was you at 13. And they switch actors. They go from portraying her as this older teenager to a kid. Yeah. Because she was a that's kid. That's a shock when that happens in the scene, but it's so brilliant. But it it fucking punches you in the stomach because... And it does something that most movies dealing with sexual abuse don't do in that it shows it. Mm-hmm. And it's... it's. I mean, I, I'm, I'm tearing up talking about it because it's, it's rough to watch. But it's so necessary. And they Absolutely. use an adult body double for the really intense stuff. But it's... Uh, and in fact, I was reading an interview with Jennifer Fox afterwards, and she said, you know, you see these movies, and it's it's fade to black, and she doesn't. No. She makes you live every moment, and the fact that once the sex starts, afterwards, um, her character throws up every time. <coughs> and you see it. Yeah, it's such and a it's, powerful film. It's, it is a, it's a hard movie to watch, but it is beautiful, and especially in what we're in the, not just the Me Too era, but just... Uh, this is a movie people should watch. And it is not an easy watch, but it is so well done. And the acting is is just beautiful. Uh, and the story is one that, um, uncomfortable though it may be, people need to see it. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Like, yeah. When I told you, I think I told you yesterday, yeah. when I was gonna, I told my wife I was going to watch it, who yeah. she had already seen it. She was like, mm-hmm. wait for me, I'll watch it again yeah. with you. And she doesn't re-watch movies. Yeah. Uh, rarely. It depends on what movies they are. But especially a tough movie, she does not go back to. She'll watch fun movies, light movies over and over again. Uh, light TV shows over and over mm-hmm. again. But so cer- hereditary again. So, like, yeah. <laughs> she, so she didn't finish hereditary. She's not going to watch hereditary. But she insisted on wa- me watching a tale with her. Yeah. Uh, that's just how, how well made it was. And I, I, Laura Dern's one of my favorite actors. I keep talking about favorite actresses she throughout this. It. She just and she's such it. amazing. Great. And she's having a career renaissance right now. And it, it's amazing. When, and the, again, the idea that um, part of it is her coming around to the fact that she was abused. Because she never saw it that way. And that's why when her mom is freaking out about the story she wrote, she's like, what's the big deal? And at one point, her fiancé finds it. And I really appreciated the scene with the fiancé because his reaction is, I think he's the first one that really says it. He says, this was rape. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And he's like, no. This guy was, what, 40? And you were 13 years old. And that ending scene with him, it's like, oh, wow. Oh. I don't want to ruin that scene, but it's just, oh. It's, it's yeah. it again, it, it is not an easy movie to watch. But I also, I found it so compelling. And I found it to be, even as hard as a watch as it was, I would definitely rewatch it. Uh, all of the, the, the woman who plays Mrs. G is a younger Mrs. G and I can't, I'm blanking. I know she is, but she's, she's fantastic. She's just amazing. And that, uh, and well, it's, uh, Elizabeth Dilberkey, right? Yeah. From from Widows. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, um, what's his name from Parenthood who plays the Bill, the, the coach. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't envy him having to play that part and some of the lines he had to deliver and the things he had to do, that had to be... That would be hard. Hard. I would imagine, yeah. Uh, Because it's, again, you're you're watching scenes of abuse. And yet, what's interesting about him is that he remains somebody who... I mean, he's likable, he's trustworthy. You're like, yeah, of course this guy's trustworthy. He, He brings her... 
to one of his he coaches like high school and college kids and he brings her out as like his girlfriend and you're watching there's this one brief scene where you see her sing amongst all of these like 18 year old boys and the coach and it's fucked but it it was it's so and she kept using it as a justification it was the 70s it was the 70s so it's it's such a powerful film and i i um I, I highly recommend it. So number two for Kim was The Tale, and what's the number two for Tony? Uh, I can guess one of two movies. actually <laughs> one that we've discussed already, which is Alex Garland's Annihilation. Yes. Um, I just really was taken by, again, a, kind of a recurring theme of a lot of the films that I've really loved this year are movies that take genre formula and attach seemingly obvious but not often used elements to them which are things like character development excuse me character development and uh, just kind of overall scripting and plot nuance these are things that were not the province of 70s horror and science fiction films but you get that with annihilation with this particular film it just really worked well as a pulp entertainment and as something that actually tapped into philosophical and social issues kind of above and beyond what you would normally expect from a pulp genre movie basically i loved it i really loved it I really need to see it because I've gotten glowing reviews from all three of them. Yeah, it's and on I, our list, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, fuck, and I try to see it, and I'm like, ah, let's get right around to it. Uh, What's your number two, Bob? My number two we already talked about was Hereditary. Hereditary. Uh, so I'm going to leave it at that. Wow. So we're up to our, our number ones. Um, so, but, but before we get to number one, yes, uh, we're not going to talk about the honorable mentions. Just like yes, no. Uh, just what's the throw out a couple movies that you think maybe we didn't talk about that should have, or maybe just even things four. further down your list that that just something you should check out and for whatever reasons. Aquaman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've got. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. We have to say Aquaman. Cam. Jason Momoa shirtless. shirtless. All right, there we are. <laughs> uh, the Grinch. Thank you. The Grinch. You fired. Porn. Oh, sorry. Pornless. No. <laughs> Porn full. Uh, and then... <laughs> gotta get that Grinch porn in here. Um, I forgot my third one. It's, 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 it's something something we already, I already said that I liked. I just didn't have room for it. Kim? Uh, so that we haven't mentioned, because we've mentioned a lot of my honorable mentions, uh, I'm going to shout out to All the Boys uh, We've Loved Before, which was another Netflix one. It's another, again, teen comedy. I have a thing for teen romantic comedies. It's sweet. It's so sweet. It's lovely. They're get, making a sequel of it. There's no Grinch stick, though. There's no <laughs> Grinch stick. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph. So many see it. The, it's, it's, again... So much fun. I cried. It's sweet. If you're, it just, it's a lot of fun. I loved the first one. And the other one's a shout out is not technically a movie. It is a shout out for The Haunting of Hill House. Some honorable mentions too, so. Well, and I feel like for anyone this year, if you've been under a rock, then you've not heard of this. But if you have, um, again, I've recommended it to a number of people who are not horror folks. I've had non-horror friends recommend it to me, being like, have you watched this? I still haven't finished it yet, so don't worry. It's, <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing. About to. It's so I will, good. I am so 
much of a Luddite in the context of um, TV in general. I don't keep up with any of it, but with The Haunting of Hill House, oh, good. I saw the first two episodes and I had to chew through the other eight. It is an incredibly well-rendered, character-based drama that happens to have a thread of supernatural horror. Right. We talked but, about guilt before and so much about oh, guilt. Oh, yes, so much. And exactly. grief. Exactly. And, grief, yeah. and it's 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 I love the way they play with time. I love that yeah. you'll see a sequence and then later uh, things start to become you see the fuller picture. It's not a movie, but it's it's might as well be. It may as yeah. well it's be. A ten, it's a ten hour movie. And it's it's again they're they standalone. Like the next season will not deal with the same characters. Yeah. It, it's that's smart. Um, I like that. I I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And I like that they didn't stick with you know I've seen the original movies. The book is is great. It's fun, and I like that they veered away from it. They modernized it, and I, and it's something that um, if you've not seen it, I highly recommend it, even if you're not a horror fan. Yeah. So those were my from what we've not mentioned. Those were my honorable mentions, Tony. Tony. Uh, as far as honorable mentions go, I would have definitely put Halloween on the list nice. because although it wasn't in my top ten, I felt like. I felt immensely satisfied with what it delivered and what it was trying to deliver. That worked really well for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the other things that kind of struck me, I, I found myself gravitating towards a lot of just genre things that worked really well. And so, speaking of Netflix, mm-hmm. it was a lot of kind of the, they weren't made for Netflix, but distributed, you know, primarily by Netflix. Mm-hmm. I saw films like The Ritual. Um, great which movie. I was, great the creature uh, design. David Bruckner's mm-hmm. movie, which I think is the cabin. Um, it's an interesting. It's not a totally successful, but it's a very interesting. Absolutely. kind of integration of love Lovecraftian. Excuse me, too much whiskey. Um, uh, kind of Lovecraftian horror, and yet kind of intermingled with Wicker Man style, uh, kind of pastoral. <clears throat> chills yeah mm-hmm. you know for mm-hmm. one of a better word so that worked re- really well for me um like haunting of hill house yeah. i really i i honestly think it's one of the great tv dramas of the last 10 years oh, yeah. that just happens to have ghosts in it and the fifth episode the end mm-hmm. of the fifth oh, episode right. yes. it is amazing it is a stunning oh. piece of filmmaking on a technical level yeah. it is also incredibly moving like emotionally and it dovetails so brilliantly into what you have seen in the preceding four episodes Mm -hmm. it's it's a stunning piece of filmmaking that happens to be done for tv Mm -hmm. yeah a great series my favorite of the year easily yeah, and uh, Haunting Hill also something that was in my own mentions too, because I couldn't quite put it onto the list. Right. Uh, but it was kind of moving in and out over the course of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned in the intro a lot of great documentaries came out this year. Um, RBG, oh, yeah. about Ruth Bader fun. Ginsburg, Free yeah. Solo, about yeah. the climber of uh, El Capitan. Won't You Be My Neighbor? Um, Won't You Be My Neighbors on there. They Shall Not Grow Old, which has turned out to be my 12th movie on the list about World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, That's getting a wide release now. Soon, yeah. Um, Three Identical oh, no, Strangers like um, was a thriller in the form of a documentary. Um, but also I just wanted to mention, uh, you mentioned the tale, uh, Tony mentioned Prospect, and we mentioned Leave No Trace, which I know came oh, watch yeah, earlier today. Oh yeah, I just watched that. I, then that really should be on my honorable mentions as well. And, I just uh, watched that. It was fabulous. The uh, Dread Central's director's cut uh, with Penn Gillette is a great meta-commentary on film and <laughs> kickstarting. I haven't um, seen that yet. And then my last things on there would be two 
really great movies. They're like four out of five ultimately for me with the, with awful trailers that are completely misleading. Blockers and Game Night are both two movies that came out within the course of two weeks of each other. I'm halfway through Game Night <laughs> and I didn't think I was going to like it and I have to say it is fun. Exactly. It's a shit trailer but the oh, yeah, place it well. Horrible. And Blockers yeah, we is completely different movie episode. than its trailer sets yeah, out to it's be. It's really fun and I, I only paused it because I had to get through some stuff for the podcast and I was like I know this won't make my best of list so I'm going to pause it. But it's a good time. All right, and then uh, finally, uh, so number ones. Okay. Number one, Joey. Black Panther. All right, we no, see. Wait, no, crap. No, we already talked about Black Panther. You brought it up in a minute. Damn it. Black Klansman. Black Klansman. I was going to say, I was like, like, wait, you brought up Black Panther before I did. Loved it. Yeah. Uh, I loved everything about it. Great movie. Oh, stylish. It was fun watching the people walk out. <laughs> um, Kim? I said my I, ramblings on it. My number one has also already been brought up, and that is Suspiria. Nice. I, I, I made my I again. It left a huge impression on me. Um, strong female performances. Uh, Tilda Swinton, who at this point I yeah. would marry if given the opportunity. Thank you. Uh, oh my God! Uh, in any form. Uh, <laughs> male, female, whatever. I'd marry, I'd marry male her, uh, female her, whatever her. Tilda, yes. old Tilda, her, Tilda. witch her, whatever. Just get it. <laughs> um, there was so much about it, and and I will say, Tony, I I I love the original. I've not seen the original as often as you have, and I I don't think my love for it is quite on par with yours. And I, I would, think yeah, I think yeah. that's why because it, it's also been a little bit since I'd seen the original, and I yeah. I almost rewatched it before I went and saw this, and then I decided against it, and I'm glad that I did because I my memory of a lot of scenes was vague enough mm-hmm. that I wasn't sitting there comparing the two. Yeah, and I'm glad for that. Yeah, but yes, yeah, oh, and just on a. Th- Pure visceral horror movie level, mm-hmm. the human pretzel scene. Oh <laughs> yes. my god! Oh my fuck yes! I'm like, you know, I'm. That still... was mostly real too. That was only yeah. a little bit of, of CGI Amazing. touch-ups. And again, Amazing. And, and I, I respect the practical effects. And I'm sorry, I loved the ending scene where everybody's heads were popping like pickles. <laughs> I loved it. Tony, number one. Uh, my number one, we have talked about already, <laughs> is um, Panos Cosmatos's Mandy. Mm-hmm. I just really. After seeing this film, I felt like someone was in their own sort of pulp art way trying mm-hmm. to redefine what they had absorbed in cinema. They were trying to do something new with the art form. Um, I felt like every single bit of potential that was displayed by the visual promise of Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I was very fond of, mm-hmm. um, was fully realized. I felt like... I I felt like there was such a legitimately distinctive sensibility being conveyed by the director that I was legitimately and truly seeing something that I had not seen before. And I enjoy enjoy kitschy Nicolas Cage as much as the next guy, but I really felt like watching this, it gave in its own strange rattletrap way, the full range of uh, Nicolas Cage's capabilities as an actor. I felt like I was seeing him go larger than life when the plot dictated it, and I felt like there were incredibly intimate emotional moments that, absurdly enough, in this crazy quilt rattletrap environment that Cosmetos creates, that 
Nicolas Cage creates his own his own kind of emotional reality and that it always feels genuine. It always feels like he's pulling it from within. I, I was just incredibly taken with it. This was one of those movies that literally right after I watched it, I bought it. Yeah, yeah. same here. Like I bought it. I, w- I, I went to Scarecrow Video. I, I literally dropped my rental disc into the slot and went over to the counter and said, I need to own this film because I know I'm going to watch it multiple times. It, it, it's it's just so good. It, it It's really... And it even if you think you know what you're getting out of it, it transcends... It still yeah. transcends those expectations. I, I was just... I was utterly smitten with it. Just like the most exhilarating... Kind of the most in the most exhilarating cinematically experience that I got all 2018. Loved it. Hmm? Right. And my uh, so my number one is we talked about before was Spider Man into Spider Verse. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was uh, it's on my it, list. It got me like like I I've talked about it already. The only thing I'm going to say to add to that was when it finished, uh, my wife told, turned to me and said, "You are crying because I was crying. I was so happy with the movie I just watched." <laughs> So that, that's how much it got me. Um, so that's our, our our top ten list. It took us three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, I told you it was going to take a long time. So I had to give Carol my ten dollars. I'm like, go get some dinner, honey. Pick me up about ten thirty. All right. So we do it. There's only twenty minutes to talk about our, our worst. Okay. So well, perhaps we should cut that into threes. We could do it. We could do it three, or we could do five. But each of us talks individually. What I say? Why don't we each give our five and just do a quick. A quick rundown. A rundown. Right. And if, if, it's, if the five is on someone else's list, we're not going to... We're just going to let... go further. Yeah. Yes. And actually, I'll be able to condense things even further because everything that I saw in a theater or sought out on Netflix was very much something that I was looking Fuck to you. look at. Yeah. And so I literally, as far as like worst of the year, yeah. I, I don't have anything that... that the stuff I do. I didn't see them. Like the stuff I rated one out of five ultimately in my end of the year list uh-huh. uh, was only thirteen titles. So it's not as much as like yeah. I had like fifty titles on the on the four out of five list. I, I mean, so I, I focused more on the good. I had like so I didn't see Home the Watson. I didn't see yeah. I, I didn't see a lot of the worst of the worst yeah, besides a couple of things. Now I had a few honorable right. mentions I'd like to do, do yes. or dishonorable mentions. Uh, dishonorable mentions. Terrifier hated it. Happy Time Mirrors, hated it. Yeah. Wrinkle in Time, giant that's the number two. That's, a, that's touch the giant over. That was a way. Oh, that, that was such a disappointment of a that movie. That was supposed to be such a pro- was it? just a profound oh, moment, and it's like no, fucking suck. So my top five, oh, thank you. That's fine. my top two, I'm not going to talk a ton about because I've got full on pieces on them. But number five is Day of the Dead Bloodline. Right. Mm. You made Bubba Rapist. Uh-huh. What the fuck? Shit movie. Okay, one of the most wonderful ancillary characters in the whole George Romero oh, yeah. zombie universe is Bob. Don't Bob, fuck yeah, with Bob. Fuck him up. <laughs> and that that got bumped because I remembered a different movie got made in 2018. That's my number five. Yeah, it was, my, it's, it was my number six. <laughs> yeah. It was, now it's my number six, but yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, bud. Yeah, uh, some in, some good zombie effect, but for the most part, a waste of yeah, a movie. Oh, that's a, that's a redo movie. of my favorite zombie movie of all yeah. time. Yeah. So that's insult. part of it, it coming into there. Uh, Venom. Venom, wow. When I thought about the movie, my <laughs> fucking Damn. hated that it. That ended up my two out of fives, but... Uh, I still haven't seen it. I just... I just Me neither. It, with Aquaman, I love it more than I think about it. 
Venom, I fucking hate it. Tom Hardy did a great job. And it's like, just, just watch Upgrade instead. Watch Upgrade. Literally, one of the best film actors working today yeah. is Tom Hardy. Oh. And if you fucking, if you are framing a potential superhero or a super anti-hero franchise around one guy of all the actors in modern cinema to invest in that with, Tom Hardy would be the dude. Yeah, and I just... Fucked up the script hardcore. I've heard the script is just uh, it's god fucking awful. dreadful. Turd in the wind. <laughs> uh, Slender Man. Yeah. Is that your number three right now? Or? Yeah, it's number three. Okay. Fuck that movie. I've never... I've, I've been angry. But watch the documentary HBO did. It's one of Yes. Yeah. Watch the documentary movie. It's just shit. Um, number two... Dummy Kratz. <laughs> I figured that was going to be I can happily uh, say I haven't seen it. Diamond and Silk to evangelist, whatever the fuck you want to call them. They are his daughters, televangelist daughters. They are out to make a quick buck. They think Trump supporters are the stupidest. They are like lazy Michael Morse. Except <laughs> to the point where I was genuinely wait, worried. Wait, did you say they think Trump supporters are the stupidest people? Oh, pretty much. That's why they They are, think? Oh, you can tell, too, because they're like, mm-hmm. Wait. Gotta get Oscar Mayer. He leaving the country, and he's like these. They are the biggest stereotypes, and they and they play it that way so they can be like, "We're the good ones. We support Trump." Mm-hmm. But Bio I think shit. that's why I was confused. You just said Trump supporter. I'm confused. They think that they're stupid, and they're playing. And they're, oh, they're and actually they're, stupid. And okay. they're profiting from oh, this. Hardcore. Okay, gotcha. I mean, this movie costs like ten dollars to make. They are pieces of garbage. They're like lazy Michael Moore. So Michael Moore at least had the decency in his film Eleven Nine. To spray down the governor's mansion in Michigan with Flint tap water, they left a pooper scooper out for um somebody. <laughs> anyway, for fucking um, what's her face, uh, Nancy Pelosi. No, right. They, I, and I was genuinely worried they were going to kill Maxine Walters because <laughs> they kept like ah. Maxine Waters, where are you at? I'm like, are they going to kill Maxine Waters? Am I about to watch Max? Is Maxine Waters okay? <laughs> uh, and number one. I wonder what this is. I can't imagine. I can't Death imagine. of a nation. Really? The what? Worst goddamn piece of shit I've ever seen, with the exception of Hillary's America. No, it's actually worstly uh, on Metacritic. It's the worst rated movie of all time. <gasps> yes. No way. Fuck that movie. Okay. Well, dude, actually, that almost makes me want to watch it now. It's one of those things that, as bad as it is, I'm just gonna get mad if I watch it. Oh, yeah. I said, I know, I said in the podcast I before. I said Pre- I'll get mad at watching yourself. religious documentaries. I'll get mad at watching. Bernie, religious they things. try to they try to make Bernie Sanders out to be Hitler. They're like, that sounds like something Bernie Sanders would pitch, See, isn't it? A lot no. of those movies just make me mad. Yeah, so I can't so, do it. There's an active I am the to purposely ignoring stuff like that. I can't. Uh, I can't not see it. And I saw it with an audience, the, and they stood for the pledge. And they stood for the national anthem, and there was never. I would have heckled them. The cognitive dissonance that you have to have to make and then watch those movies is nothing that I cannot do. And I think Dinesh is actually a smart guy. I think again, he sees he's playing money. for the he's playing for the he sees playing the, for the money, and he's like, I gotta have that right now. All right, Donald Trump's great because he even says, "Oh, I didn't think Trump was gonna win." Of course you didn't. You didn't. I don't think Trump him. thought Trump was gonna win. No, he, no, thought he Trump didn't. Was gonna win. Trump didn't think Trump was going to fuck no. Trump didn't want to win. Tell. No, he wanted to make his own news network. That's yeah, exactly. beside the point. You'll get called a Nazi if you're a Democrat. Uh, Dummycrats and Death of a Nation check out in 2019. I'll be having full pieces on them. I'm going to actively try to troll Dinesh DeSouza on Twitter. Right, go ahead. Ken. All right. What's oh, honor mention? Honor dismensions or? Uh, well, so Day of the Dead Bloodline was on my list until I remembered another movie and it got bumped off. 
Um, I will also say real close was uh, Truth or Dare was real close to being. <laughs> yeah, on that's my in list. my number thirteen. As well list. as the Cloverfield movie because. I think I'm the only one who liked Paradox. I did not like it. It was stupid. All I heard was that they took an original movie and just kind of jammed Cloverfield in it. It's pretty much what happened. Um, Okay, so my my number five, I have to preface with with saying that I have an issue with Johnny Depp. Hmm. I didn't used to. I think we're going here. (laughs) I did not used to, but I have an issue with him since it's come out. And I'm sorry, if you want to argue with me about the fact that he is an abuser, come at me. Uh, so my number five is Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Part Fuck Two, that movie. and it's not just because of Johnny Depp, although that plays into it. I had a hard, I have a hard time now. Anytime I see him on screen, getting past the fact that somebody wants to hire him, knowing all that he's a shit. Especially if he had Colin Farrell on your fucking radar. Well, exactly. That's what bothered me is you so easily could have made the character. You could have undone the stupid Scooby Doo fucking because reveal. Because they, they they set it up, and I'm sorry, J.K. Rowling, the fact that you've been defending him pisses me off. She She's gone full George Lucas. No, she has. And it, and it pisses me off. And and so beyond the fact that I have an issue with Johnny Depp, which I do, and again, if you have a problem with that, come fight me. Uh, but it was not a good movie. And it was a movie designed to set up more movies. And that is fucking lazy movie Three making. Three more Thank of you. them. How many characters do we have? Too oh, many. Too many. How many? And I What's the plot of the movie, Alex? I don't care. Uh, the, 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 there was the no plot. A person now, not a snake. And she's a good guy. She's a good so, guy for some reason. Weird. Fuck it. <laughs> but she's a pest with a tab Also, Ezra Miller... Uh, I love Ezra Miller, and I hate him. I love him. I love him. He's somehow him. still alive. I, I don't know. I like, can't. Story wise, like doesn't matter because he made a documentary about the that guy who shot that the cop yeah. who shot or that guy. He? Yeah, and he's like on his, from he's, that guy's perspective too. He said he, he wants to tell both sides. Nah, but him. I'm not mad. I don't like Miller for doing that, but I like him generally. I like um, him, and we need to talk about Kevin. Oh fuck yeah! He's so good. Or uh, Perks of being a wallflower. What was number four? Okay, number four. Let's continue. Continuing forward. Um, so this is one that I. Very aware I'm the only one that's seen, but The Christmas Prince 2. <laughs> uh, I, I live-tweeted it for City of Geek. I thought I, I thought the first one was fun. It was silly. Like, it's it's a dumb Hallmark movie for yeah. those of us who like the dumb Hallmark movies. You get a prince under your tree. Right. It, which, you know, hey, who doesn't love prince under your tree? Uh, and not the prince I wanted, though. But the, the Christmas <laughs> Prince 2 is just... It was dull, and that, for those... For any of you who watches those style of movies, knows that's the kiss of death. Oh yeah, you, you can't you can't be. You got to lean in. Lean into the lean into the stupid. Lean into the stupid. I on on the flip side of it, I watched the Christmas Switch this year, which has got uh, what's her butt, Vanessa Hudgens in it. Yeah. That was absolutely charming, and it was sweet. Oh, that takes me back. It was so sweet. All right, my number three. <laughs> Is Winchester. <laughs> that's on my. Okay. That's on my. Here's why. Here's why. That's this my dishonorable mentions. This is a movie that made Helen Mirren look bad. Yeah. And if you can make Helen Mirren look bad, what the fuck is your damage, Heather? Well, thank you. Uh, also, I liked that movie a lot. You're wrong. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> also, you're as as someone who visited the Winchester, oh, it's yeah. so yes. wrong. Yeah. There was like so yeah. much. Fucking rich that was shit that they could have been mining to do yep. that movie. It's, I, I, I like you it. see three I rooms is like like three hundred yeah. room house. And, and what's his butt? Uh, Lee Jason Mayer. Clark. Jason, okay. Who you don't Clark. like? I know. No, I love he's a black Clark. hole charisma. Uh, uh, Jason Clark. He is where charisma goes to die. So she's not gonna. So you're not gonna like Pet Cemetery, right? Well, I'm gonna watch <laughs> it. Well, John Lithgow should get him out of that hole. John right? Lithgow is the only thing that might get. But even the, I, my write up in the trailer was not positive. Yeah. But I, I will go see the movie. Dark from the sun is better. John Lithgow. If anything saves that movie, it's John Lithgow. But I, in general, find Jason Clark to be a charisma black hole. 
I find that when he's in movies, he sucks every bit of energy and interest just, out of it for this me. This is hurtful, man. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. The truth is hard, Cody. The truth is hard. Uh, so my next one is Fifty Shades Free. Thin's it. We watch them every 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 Yeah, ha- no, Valentine's it's a drinking game for me now. And um, I have never in my life did I think that a movie... I am, like, missing out on yeah. so much Oh, it's so much. Yeah, we, it's gold. We it's watch gold. them and get drunk and make fun it. of them every it's, year. Uh, but see, so the thing is, is you're drunk within about five minutes of this movie. Yeah. Uh, you better be. <laughs> I did not realize it was possible for a movie about sex to be as dull and uncharismatic and unsexy, and yet the two leads have they no... They each other, and that's they, the problem. Oh, and you, you can, can see it. You can see it so much. So, but here's the thing. It's not sexy hate. It's not moonlighting hate. Like, they hate each other, and what happened was this great energy. No, no they, they just, just hate, each hate each other, and it's boring. And, 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 and it's hell, not you can see some it. Some of the sex scenes, and they're both like... Like, it's you the mean, only like, way to get emotion out of Jamie Dorn. It's like you told, <laughs> but see, the thing is, is that I find, because in the, um, oh, what is it, with the, the Gillian Anderson uh, series, um, I it he's fantastic in that. And Dakota like, Johnson's fine in other things. Gillian Anderson fucks him? No, 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 there's a uh, uh, there's a, a British series that he's in with Gillian Anderson, I'm completely blanking oh, on the okay. name. He's He plays a serial killer, and he's fantastic Continue in that. You know, he yeah, we been. We have... Uh, I we t- have eight minutes. This can I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying. People keep inter- you, you boys keep interrupting me. That's what we do. Uh, my last one uh, is Hell's Kitty. <laughs> What's that? What the What's fuck that this year? Is that? Yeah, that that's what. No, I looked it up. This is how I know. It's because right before when I looked it up and realized it was fucking this year, I got so mad and I said, "No, fuck this movie." I had to watch this movie and review it for the Horror Honeys, and I'm still angry. I this was the one time in my life I emailed my editor at the time and said, "Can my review just be the word no?" <laughs> I would say yes, by the way. Can it just be the word no? And she considered it. It is a w- and, and part of what's so aggravating about it is you have some genuinely talented actors showing up in it, including Doug Jones, whom I adore. Oh, you do. And it is a misogynistic waste of space, and it should Ooh. not exist. And it took it. Mm. I could go on. It on my list. It's, yeah, maybe you like it. Is oh, it, no, in I terms won't. of crap, it's awful, and it made me angry. And that is my number one movie for fuck that movie. It shouldn't exist. Okay. All right, Tony, any, any negatives Tony? or? I, today, you uh, said you focus on positives. I don't have anything bad to like say. Like I said, everything that I went out of my way to see, I pretty much there was a level of merit to it. So Fair I enough. don't have anything, which is ironic for me because I'm a avowed mm-hmm. student of schlock cinema but i <laughs> hey, really works. don't have anything that i can contribute to this conversation right, I, so, I can sing to death of the nation if you want oh dude. So, sure you'll be all right so i'm gonna sorry so my the disarm mentions we've uh are so my um we mentioned a couple of them already so i'm gonna skip past uh, a couple of them um the sorrow mentions would be possession of hannah grace and the nutcracker which we both saw yes. and there are reviews for online so i'm gonna leave it those Agreed. in the reviews, so go check those out. Uh, my number five was *The Vanishing* in Sydney Hall, a few, uh, one of the few um, shortcomings from uh, *A24*, which is usually a great place. Uh, this is Dylan something or other, Dylan Willnote, whatever his name is, um, in a very navel-gazing piece of shit movie with him and Kyle Chandler, uh, in which it's obviously made written by like a 17-year-old who thinks he's a great writer, talking about how much of a great writer he is, and no one understands him. Um, <laughs> It's just dull and it's the way. I only watched it because it's the bottom Metacritic for a while, so I checked mm-hmm. it out. Uh, Four was Day of the Bloodline, which we yeah. talked about already, yeah. um, as a trashing of my favorite zombie movie. 
Three is The Clapper, starring Amanda Seyfried, who I fucking love. Clap on. <laughs> clap on. And then a clap off this movie. Uh, and uh, Ed Helms in a painfully oh, unfunny comedy, which he plays a guy. Him and Tracy Morgan play people who are paid to clap at infomercials. Um, and he, he they is, make a movie off that fucking um, And then that he gets found out as someone who, who, who does this because he asks questions and that. And he's in love with Amanda Seyfried and he's kind of stalking her. It's so unfunny. So many wrong things about it. It's like... Um, and then my last two are, are horror films. Um, Demon Within, uh, which oh, is a directed video from yeah. like January 2nd, so one yeah. of the first movies I watched of the year. It's so badly shot. It like, is. how many butt shots do you need? And not like on purpose, <laughs> like, not, not Rob Zombie looking at Sherry Moon's butt. It's more of a, you put the camera in the wrong place because you don't know Sherry how to. Moons. Oh, she's got a lovely butt. Hey, but yeah, it's not that type of butt shot. This is a sort of butt shot where yeah. you just don't know where to put your camera and block oh. a scene. Backs of the cameras, backs of the uh, backs, backs of the camera. People bad ADR, really awful plotting and character. Uh, it's one ones that you feel was made like in the suburban neighborhood, but it's supposed to be an old Victorian mansion type place. Oh, um, and the number one, as Cody mentioned already, was Slenderman. Yeah, uh, Slenderman. Technically, is a better movie than some of the other movies I mentioned, but it's shut. It's one of those movies where there is a professional backing and there oh, yeah. is some money yeah. going into it. And you can tell they... I judge those more. I judge those Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Then, like, yeah. Demon Within is technically the worst movie. Uh, keep Watching, which, uh, which is further up my list, is a worst movie. Ruin Me, which I know you guys liked, but I didn't. Um, I, yeah, I liked Ruin Me. Oh, I really uh, liked Ruin Me. The Spacinga I actually Man, liked Keep Watching. Wait, which Keep Watching? There's, the like... One- it's the like two people are... break into the house and they make them they they film they make oh. them do live stream of of a of, no. of killing. I liked the other one with them in the town. In the oh no, this is no. the one where it's a home invasion okay. with uh with live streaming. Yeah, that um, was very good. The uh, better version of that uh, was played at last year at a um, Crypticon. I can't remember what it's called right now. Um, but um, fatigue maybe something like that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Slenderman was a mess because it had mythology was all over oh, yeah, the place. Oh yeah, with the mythology. When you fu- when you change the rules from scene to scene, you change the main character from scene to scene. You change one character once in one scene. Uh, Joey King's like, is this isn't real? real. And the next scene's like, this is fucking real. And the next scene's like, it isn't real. Stop being like and bringing up shit halfway through that they never brought it before. And then they make. Jody King a villain. Yeah, for and like then they just go scene. back. And then she's the hero. And then, and then the hero, okay. it's such, it's like five different scripts they shoved together or they made script edits but still kept the scenes you that can cut tell out. That they butchered a lot uh, it was of meant it. to be an R rated and they cut like lots oh, of the trailers about jumping off the roof or yeah. stabbing herself with the scissors or the, the scalpel. Well, it's it's like, all cut out. You already have a real life story involving the Slender yeah. Man that is really creepy and compelling. So it makes this really uh, not only a, a missed opportunity, but it makes it a uh, really uh, what's the word like bad. Uh, it's 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 bad form to make this when people have killed people for the Slender Man. Yeah, before. and I'm not saying that you shouldn't make movies that people have done stuff about before, but it's also it. Um, it's just a you're gonna do it, do it well. If you're gonna do it, do it. Yeah. Do do it, do it. it do Don't it make right. a cheap, schlocky thing yeah. that someone has killed other people for in real life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's my worst movie of the year so far, Slender Man. But uh, I've been trying to see Holmes and Watson, but it hasn't worked out in the schedule. I, I want to see how bad that, this I was is. Gonna say, that was, I know. I have a feeling <laughs> it's going to make its way. And, but I haven't really like seeked uh, 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 seeked out so no. many the the worst, the worst. Like I haven't seen Hurricane Heist. I haven't seen. Um, some of the bad knew, Bruce Willis movies. Please, you guys don't know anything. But, the, but I feel like the stuff that I knew I wouldn't like, I just didn't see, and I haven't. But 
there's so much to watch these yeah. days yeah. that voluntarily seeing something you know is going to There are 600 movies on Metacritics for last year. Yeah. Yeah, and like the thing is I seek out the ones that are really bad, like entertainingly bad. Right. Like Nutcracker was entertainingly bad. Oh, also, God. A boring bad movie is kind of like, sob. Like a bad comedy is a bad boring, comedy. It's just boring not bad's the kiss of fun. death. Because <laughs> like I like, I like no, bad no. horror. I like bad horror because it's fun. I you like... have to be a, a, a ready... Consumer of oh god I'm so fucking up again. You have to to be a ready consumer of fucking trash and schlock. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Apple is such a great movie. The Apple is in a horror. The Apple. Oh my god. But I've been right. I've been. The Apple is one of the first fucking movies that got me into writing about film. Yeah. Yeah. I've been writing an article on the Apple that I haven't quite finished yet, where I'm calling it the masterclass of bad cinema. Yeah. It's not just the thing you start watching. It's the thing you watch after you watch like five other movies, and you're like, I need to see something even worse. Um, And knowing the backstory of the fucking movie is like. But the Apple's a whole different thing, and we're out of time. But (laughs) so we talked about a lot of movies tonight. How um, long did this podcast? We're at three God, hours and shit. thirty minutes. I'm going to cut this into multiple parts, probably yeah. two, uh, yeah, an hour and forty five minutes per go. Um, so thank you for anyone yeah, who's nice. listened to us all the <laughs> way to the end. So we love you if you did. Uh, if Thanks, you did, Mom. what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, Thanks to Nesta Souza. See us at cityofgeek.com. Uh, the various things you're at on uh, what you know you. Kim, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, uh, at Seattle Screams. You can find me on Twitter, and I'm pretty active there. And I basically use City of Geek as my, as mine, even though I have a game, Bob. Uh, Tony, do you have where else can you find you? Sites you write for? Yeah, I write for artisthome.org. My opinion on Northwest music and rock and roll in particular is there, so feel free to join me. Is City, uh, City Arts archived? Uh, yeah, City Arts is archived. That's cityartsonline.com. I've been covering film at City Arts for the last 10 years, specifically very Northwest-centric. So if you want kind of a window on the development of Northwest cinema in general for the last 9 or 10 years, you can find it at cityartsonline.com. And you can find us at cityofgeek.com, uh, at, on YouTube, on Facebook. Um, we're going to put this up here soon in SoundCloud. It's iTunes, so like, comment, subscribe. Tell all your friends how much you love us. <laughs> um, and then thank you again for listening all the way through yes. if you did. Yeah. Uh, so you guys love these movies. Tell us where we're wrong, where we're right, things that we hadn't talked about. Um, you can find our probably at least some sort of write-ups of everything else. Uh, coming up soon, I wrote many reviews for everything I watched this year uh, that came out this year, so that should be published on the third. I will be doing first. a full worst top ten, and we'll get yeah. that going since we did kind of push through the worst, um, which I know some people will just listen to these things for. Um, so sorry to disappoint you if we didn't like rant on movies for a while. Um, don't, don't worry. But sure, we'll do a yes. whole episode that's just the worst. And uh, see you. us again in two weeks on the 15th. We do put out on the 1st and 15th, assuming I'm able to edit in time. Um, on the 15th, we're going to probably do a uh, spring preview mm-hmm. ep- uh, episode. And a and then, uh, reflection on Escape Room. Yes. Yeah, so uh, on Thursday, a bunch of us are going to see Escape Room, and we'll see where things go from there. Um, so we'll see you next time, and thank you for mm-hmm. listening. We're City of Geek. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you.